Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. We're so happy that you're joining us uh, today, that you're back either watching online or listening to us uh, on so many different platforms that the Catholic Buzz is on. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm always joined by Josh Sullivan. Hello. Josh, how are you? Good. I'm doing good. Yeah. Doing okay? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing new to report <laughs> these days? Uh, no. No. <laughs> and over here, uh, Matt Van Milligan. Welcome, Hello. Matt. Nice Thank to you. see you. Yeah. You are both, I think we're all wearing hoodies today. Yeah. yeah. It's always a hoodie, this it's is a hoodie a, time. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah. Eh? That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, it's cold. <laughs> uh, not so much in our studio, I guess, yeah. but uh, it's cold outside. Yeah, it makes you feel, it makes you feel cozy. Yeah, it's, it's just that's nice that's that everybody reads their emails. That's, that's, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing we didn't all wear the same color. How embarrassing would, would that be. have been yeah. 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 if we all wore the same thing? Yeah. Uh, nice to have you guys uh, all together again because uh, we have lots to talk about today. You know, uh, today is actually uh, a topic uh, we're going to talk about that I get asked all the time. Like, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I walk into a classroom, every time, you know, uh, it comes up in conversation or even when, this is going to be really funny, uh, but even when I'm at wedding receptions, you know, back when we <laughs> used to have them and uh, people kind of avoid the priest for a, a little while. They're like, oh, we can't talk to a priest at a wedding reception. I mean, how... You know, and then of course they get a little bit of liquid courage, you know, and, and, and so they then <laughs> they start coming up to me like, "Oh, Father, thanks." So, you know, that was a nice wedding today, and uh, you, they start small talk, and inevitably, you ask the, the question, question gets asked to me, "Why can't you get married?" You know, and that's that's what we're going to talk about today. Why or should get should priests get married? Why can't priests get married? Um, it's a question I get a lot, a lot, a lot. I can imagine. I mean, especially like a lot of people. With, with recent things that like we hit the news, especially in the last 30, 40 years with all the scandals and everything else, it seems to be like the qualifier. Like if only they could get married, things wouldn't happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I want to talk about that too. Yeah. Cause that's, cause that's, cause that, that seems to be something, but like you're, you're linking <laughs> too many things together. But anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And so the question, should priests get married? You know? And, and so, you know, people always ask. The question, uh, actually, not not very long ago, someone asked me the question, don't you wish you were married? Like, they yeah. asked me specifically, don't you priest. wish you were married? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, not, yeah, as a priest, not yeah. like instead of being one. Um, so instead of the question, like, should priests get married? They were asking me personally, don't you wish uh, you were married? So, uh, you know, lots of people are curious about it. I don't know how many people actually talk to a priest about it either. No, it seems to be something that they would talk to amongst themselves or yeah. comment on Facebook or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like all these things, but not, not actually ask a priest whether yes. they want to get married or not want to get married. Like, and, I picture it, you know, people gathered around their dining room tables, you know, at the Van Milligan family reunion <laughs> and just having this conversation. Yeah. Why yeah. can't Father Daniel get married? Yeah. You know, or why can't yeah. priests get married? No, it's I, a conversation I, that happens even amongst Catholics. Yeah, I, I wish it happened at our family reunion. I, like, I'm kind of the opposite. I have lots to say about this topic, but nobody ever asks me. It's... <laughs> I've never had the opportunity. No one wants yeah. to talk about it with yeah. you, right? Yeah. But it, but it's a it's a it's a question people are asking around their dinner tables or conversations with family, and no one really asks a priest. No, and so no. Uh, you know, do I wish I was married as a priest? I'll just go out and answer it now on our live <laughs> on our podcast. Yeah. You know? uh, no, I, I don't wish that I was married as as a priest, right? Um, and there are a number of reasons why for me personally. Uh, I would say if I'm, you know, I'm going to be honest here for me, um, I felt called to be a priest. 
I felt called to serve the Lord through the priesthood. How, how many years did you follow that call? Like how many years have I been a priest? No, how many years did you did you discern that call? Oh, uh, I was in the seminary uh, officially discerning for six years. So for six years, did you mm-hmm. know that you couldn't get married if you became a priest? <laughs> yes. So for six uh, years, you discerned that decision. That's right. And okay. actually, that's a really big, that's a good point. That's a really big part of our discernment process. Like, you know, in the seminary, they're really good at helping us discern, are you called to be a priest, but are, are you also called to celibate chastity, yeah. to, to be a celibate person in yeah, the world, right? Is. So that was something we were actively discerning in my six years in the seminary. Some people felt they were called to be a priest, but uh, not live up to uh, celibate chastity. So they leave and they leave gracefully and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Of course not. Um, but for me personally, you know, uh, uh, being a priest, it was a call, it was a vocation. I'm very blessed every day uh, to be a priest, to, to um, the many blessings that come from the priesthood. One of the blessings that would not be part of my life <laughs> if I was married I, w- I would be such a horrible husband. And, 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 and I would and, and I would be such a horrible husband. I would be such a horrible father because, you know, what you guys, maybe people at home don't know this, but you guys know, you know, we talk a lot about what we do yeah. and, and you know a lot about my, my, my priestly ministry. I'm not home very often. Like, you know, yeah. I leave my house early in the morning. I'm not back till late at night, like oh, every single day. Uh, just because that's where my ministry calls me to be available to people. But, like yeah. if if you were to look at your job, like it's a, it's your vocation, and it's a vocation because it's your life, it's you're living life, it out yeah. versus uh, a job, right? That's so if people look at the priesthood as as a job, this is a terrible job to be married to, like to yeah. somebody yes. too, because you're getting up in the middle of the night and run, rushing off to the hospital if you have yeah. to do, you know, you, yeah. you're you're gone all day, you're going into all the places. Um, like you're doing daily masses. It's not like you, you, it's not like you're not doing anything. It's not like you're only working on Sundays. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think we talked about that when Bishop Dowd was here, right? Uh, Like what does a priest do all day? But but honestly, my ministry calls me uh, to be with people uh, in all sorts of capacities all day long. And, and, you know, uh, that's part of my ministry. Like I, uh, I enjoy that. I enjoy being with people, right? Like, you know, there are priests who can't handle a schedule like that, right? Just because of age or stage or, yeah. or health or whatever but, it might be. Yeah. And in either case, it kind of flips the lens on the way that people want to talk about it. There's like, they'll see priests not being able to be married as a limitation. That this is oh, it's something you can't right. do, but it's actually something that enables you to do the, the ministry that you do, exactly. whether you're, yeah. Honestly, it's, honestly, I agree, Matt. It's, it's a gift. Like, uh, I know, like, in... In seminary, they used to say, you know, celibate chastity when lived correctly can be a gift, you know, and some people would snicker and be like, what kind of gift is that? You know, they would often leave the seminary, but, uh, <laughs> but it is, it is a gift because it, it, it frees me to be, to be who I was called to be a priest for the people. I'm not a priest for myself. I'm a priest for others. I was, I was thinking two things. First of all, if, if any, if anybody was to share stuff with me, yeah. um, Right away, I, I hope they would know, like, the only person that I'd ever share anybody anything with is my wife. But yeah. I don't have secrets with my wife. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the, in, in that form, I know that sharing with you is not being shared between two other people that might be talking about, about me behind That's right. my back or anything else. It's being shared, like, y- yeah. you are my confidant or whatever. But on the second part of that is when we try to get together for something, let's say beer and wings or whatever else, what is the most likely response from myself I got to talk to my wife. You know what I mean? Like, like, can, can you come and do this right now? Oh, uh, I'm not doing anything. Like I'm sitting on the couch doing absolutely nothing. So can I, yes, I can. 
but I got to ask my wife first if I'm allowed. Right. <laughs> and not whether I'm allowed or not, but she might have other thoughts that we were going to do. And, and my relationship with my wife comes first rather than hanging out with boys yeah. or even just going and doing ministry. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. Which is a very biblical way of looking at it, that it's, yeah. you, you have yeah. St. Paul saying that, like, um, for some, it's better to not be married because, you know, yeah. the married person is concerned with, you know, the, the, their... The affairs yeah. of their... Yeah. yeah. It's true. And, and you know, back, I, I agree with the words of St. Paul because it's true. My, my attention is always on the people I'm, I'm uh, called yeah. to serve, yeah. right? And that's at all hours of the day, like you said. And, and that's not to say, oh... I'm not asking for pity. I'm not asking, you of know, I'm not, not. No, yeah. no, no, yeah. I'm not saying, oh, I get up in the middle of the night and go to the hospital. I love that. You know, like <laughs> maybe in the moment you get a phone call and you're like, oh. <laughs> uh, but, and, and, but I love it. You know, you're with, you're with a family at all hours of the night, you know, it, all joking aside, if I, if I did have a wife or children, yeah, I would, I would, I would be, it would be more one. of a struggle. Anyway, yeah. And then, and that's, and that's like, could you imagine having to put the decision if, if someone was dying? I, the reason I bring this up is because I talked to uh, an Anglican, Anglican priest. People don't realize that in the Catholic church, mm-hmm. there can be married priests in yes. very special circumstances. Yes. And very specifically, it's, it's normally to do with, um, they were priests in very specific um, Christian denominations. In this case, he was an Anglican priest. Right. And then he got special, very special permission from Rome yeah. through the bishop and everything else that he could, because he was becoming, he was Anglican, and he was becoming Catholic. And um, he could maintain his uh, priestly ministries. And so he became a, a married Catholic priest in yeah. that order. Now, not only are you saying that, but we're talking about the Roman, uh, Roman Catholic order where we don't have, but in our uh, Eastern or Orthodox churches, there are married priests at that time, course, as long yeah. as you're married before you become the priest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the reason I bring that up is because he had to make, he he was in the discussion about it, and he had to make the decision, not make the decision, but he had to answer the question. If you were having your firstborn child, your wife was in the hospital having the firstborn child, and a, in a hospital across town was someone dying and they needed a priest, who do you choose? And right there, the the, the 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 married man was like, "Oh, do I put my priestly ministry first, or do I put God first? You know, like 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 do I push my priest, sorry, priestly ministry first, or do I put my family first? Like which which side, which side of the vocation do I live out first? And that's and I couldn't imagine making that decision or having to. And that's one of the really good reasons why you don't have to, right? Yeah. As a, as a Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about the history of that, right? Because we yeah. talked about my personal views, but who cares about that, uh, <laughs> right? Well, let's talk about why uh, why priests uh, are celibate, right? Because uh, I know if you look uh, one easy look at the scriptures, you know, yeah. Saint Peter, uh, you know, there's there's that uh, scripture with his mother in law and all these things. We know that he was married. He's yes. the first pope of the church, mm-hmm. right? So it's not always that priests were. Uh, called to be celibate or asked to be celibate, right? So there was even popes that were married at one time. Yeah, yeah. I think there was about seven or eight popes, popes? in history that Out were of legally many? married. Yeah, of yeah. 266, okay, Pope so, Francis of so 266, yeah. right? Still a small number, but yeah. uh, and I think at the time too, you know, just from what we're reading, like you mentioned First Corinthians chapter seven, thirty-two, like uh, you know, uh, the married man is, uh, is concerned with the affairs of his wife, you know, and uh, the unmarried man is concerned with the affairs of the Lord. But at the time, it was optional, right? For priests, presbyters had the option of being celibate. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and and looking at it through the lens of vocation, I think is the the best way because you gave an example of like where these two vocations vocations are in contention or that's like 
you you are obligated by your vocation to to opposite uh, possibilities. Um, we talked in a previous episode about like that's uh, um, um, vocation is different from a profession. Like a, a, yeah. a priest's profession isn't uh, to be a priest. It, it's a vocation um, because a vocation is uh, yeah. N- not to get into the whole that uh, uh, Cardinal Sarah. Uh, a couple years ago, in response to, um, uh, it was in the context of the the Amazonian Synod. So there was yes. a lot of concern about, okay, is this, um, um, uh, are, are, is the church going to open up its its definition of uh, deacons, um, etc.? Um, are, are they going to make allowances on priestly celibacy just to you know encourage more vocations, get more priests, especially yeah. to areas where. Um, they're not, and you're saying there's an ontological link between priesthood and celibacy, and this is kind of exactly what Saint Paul is saying. That um, you know, being married isn't just you know uh, a descriptive difference, the same, the, like a profession, like mm-hmm. I'm, a, you know, because that could change. That could change down the road. And it's like, no, I'm a married person, and you know, the biblical, like a man shall leave his uh, yeah. father's home, be united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. One it flesh. affects an actual change in the person. Right. Same with a priestly priesthood. vocation. Yeah. Um, so there's an ontological change. Yeah. So you have this discussion emerging in the church because you said it wasn't always that way. Mm-hmm. So you have up until even like first millennia. Um. You and Josh, you mentioned like the the eastern the eastern churches, yeah. the Byzantine um, churches still um, have priests that are married as long as they're they're married before they're ordained because you know very specific yeah yeah um that that ontological reality of of ordination and of marriage um what you have this kind of increasing divide between the eastern and western churches on 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 this exact point um because there's there's maybe um a growing realization that these two aren't aren't as compatible um, even if they were kind of theologically compatible at a practical level, it's 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 tough to reconcile that. So by the 12th century, 11 that that's yeah, that's when century. you yeah that's when you have kind of a formalization from the church that says okay no priests ordained from this point on need to be celibate. And, and I think I think it's important to note that at that time it was the people that were taking that vow, that were making that decision. It mm-hmm. wasn't forced on yeah. those, you know what I mean? It wasn't like... Some external person. Exactly, saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you now are that way, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they, every person that has chosen, uh, that has that has become a priest or whatever, has chosen that. Yeah. It, I mean, it's been called to it through their vocation, but has sacrificed that area of their life. Yeah. Uh, I remember one time I was talking to a bishop about, um, I, was, I was talking to somebody who was talking to a bishop about um, joining the priesthood, and one of the bishop said to them, um, "Do you want kids?" And he's like, "Yeah." Do you want a wife? And he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Good. You need to want those things because if you didn't want those things, then I wouldn't want you to be a priest." Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, because then you're you're not sacrificing a whole relationship part of your life for Jesus and for mm-hmm. God and for the church. You know what I mean? Like, you are giving that up so that you can have that relationship with the church. Um, and so he was, anyways, it was cool. It, it was a cool way when he was talking to me about it. I was like, oh, wow, that makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah, like these aren't guys who don't want to get married and don't want to have kids, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, insultingly uh, what people say, like, oh, uh, you know, yeah. you, you kind of like settled into this because you couldn't have any other options. Right? Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's insulting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, I think 
you know, today, especially, it's a difficult vocation. Yeah. And I don't agree that because it's difficult that we should just open the doors mm-hmm. to marry priests. Like, do I think priests should get married? You know, we talked about me. Yeah. We talked about me personally. Do I think I should get married? Yeah. I said no. Do I think priests should be able to get married in general? Yeah. I'm going to still say no. You know, because if, a, you know, maybe maybe people will be upset with me for saying this, but if a priest has time to be married, then... He's not doing his priestly job, job right? Yeah. You know, and and I really believe that vocation, Be- not profession. Exactly yeah. right. I just don't. Uh, I just you know the divided heart really comes to mind. Now people will say like, can the church change the fact that priests get married? Sure. Like Matt was talking about in the 12th century when this became a rule to follow. So it's about a thousand years now that we've been following this priestly celibacy. Uh, it's a discipline of of the church. It's not mm-hmm. a dogma. It's not a doctrine. Remember, we did an episode yeah, a long yeah. time ago mm-hmm. with the difference. It's a discipline of the church in order for the for people to grow uh, for the kingdom of God like in yeah. salvation, to grow in their salvation, their personal uh, salvation, to follow their vocation in life. You know, it's a discipline. Mm-hmm. So, can it be changed? Yes, it can. Mm-hmm. It's not a dogma of the church. Should it be changed? Yeah. I'm going to say no. You know, I think it's it's really neat to see people give up their life. That's another thing too, is we talk about. You know, why Why does a priest live a celibate life? He's in the person of Christ, in persona yeah. Christi, mm-hmm. right? He's in the person of Christ. So he's taking on the life of Jesus, you know, in many ways. Yeah. One, Jesus was unattached, yeah. you know? So Jesus was free to go and, and minister to people, right? Just like the priest is free, unattached, and he's free to go. Sometimes we're called to go to a different city, to a different parish, to a different ministry whatever yeah. we have that freedom without mm-hmm. ruining the lives of our you know wife having Attached to, family, having to yeah. quit her job yeah. kids have to switch schools all that different th- all those different things right so that's one thing we're in the person uh, of Christ also Jesus being in the person of Christ Jesus gave up his life mm-hmm. for everyone like yeah. Jesus gave up his life he, he offered his life on the cross for all people Priests also make a sacrifice. Yeah. They sacrifice this part of, of what, what most people would experience in marriage and yeah. children, right? To serve. It's a vocation of service, right? I'm at service of the people of God because God has called me to this, yeah. right? It's not like, you know, I just gave up on marriage or, <laughs> or gave up, uh, you know, on a sexual life or whatever. Yeah. Mind you, I always say, you know, people are so interested in the sex life of a priest. Eh? They're always asking, <laughs> why can't you, why are you yeah, celibate, yeah. whatever. You know, if I asked as many times to people <laughs> about their sex life as much as they ask me, geez, there'd be a problem, right? But but it's true. Like, we give up that, we, we, we give up that in service for the people. Yeah. There, it's great, I think, when we see people who who accept God's call, who who are set apart, not better, not above, no, no, not better or, or, you know, to be revered or whatever it is, but they're set apart from the people to lead people to Jesus, yeah, to guide people to the sacraments, to, you know, even our religious sisters yeah. who take a, a, a vow of, of um, chastity, of celibate chastity, same thing. They're giving up their life. Uh, they're giving up, they're making a sacrifice in to serve people. Yeah. You know, it's all for the sake of God's people. And I think there's something beautiful about it. Is it difficult? At times, sure. You know, people always say, isn't it lonely? You know, I always say that there's a difference between being lonely and being alone. Yeah. I'm alone. You yeah, know, yeah. I'm alone sometimes, right? Um, but I'm rarely lonely. Yeah, and I, and yeah. I think 
some priests are some priests lonely. Yes. Sure, they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think it it takes it takes um, work from the priest. I think it takes prayer. You know, and it's what you make of it too. Yeah. I, I'm blessed. To, you know, I'm not afraid to go and meet people and and invite myself over places <laughs> or or do whatever it takes. Right. So uh, and and to have good friends and and to good people in the parish. Good. You know, like our crew here for the podcast when we get together, yeah. it's always a it's always a great time. That's a community of people working together for for a common goal, right? Then there's a larger community in the church. There's there's lots of yeah. ways where priests are involved. Also, I see myself as a member of everyone's family. The priest is a member of everyone's family. <laughs> and I might not true. have my family, <laughs> yeah. uh, my own family, but I'm a member of everyone's family. Yeah, I was I was going to say it's it's not as though you you sacrifice entirely the idea of family. It's that it it takes on a different form. It's like exactly, you have yeah. way more people that call you father than I have people that call me father. Right. Yeah. That it's yeah. it's it's right. you have that paternal, you know, it, it it's it's a it's a proper direction of that paternal instinct, but to a broader broader family group exactly i think there's something special about that i think there's something unique like you know jesus went to and fro he walked into people's houses and you know uh i do that with some people (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) matt keeps his door locked you're always welcome in our house (laughs) Uh, but you know like so there's a difference between lonely and alone yeah Uh, you know and so is it lonely no can it be sure it can it can be lonely uh, for me, it, it's not. It hasn't yeah. been. And I think if, if if a priest was listening right now and found it lonely, mm-hmm. then there's a challenge there. L- look at why. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there there are there are maybe maybe you got to go back to your seminarian days and find out what, what what's going on here that you're lonely versus being alone. Yeah, there's a difference. And I think you know, just like normal people, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't want, maybe I shouldn't have said normal people, but just like normal people, I guess uh, people create their own misery. I think mm-hmm. you yeah. know. <laughs> Yeah. Like if yeah. if a priest is lonely, maybe he's created that. You know, maybe he's uh, you know turned down too many offers to to be to, to be invited. Maybe he's uh, you know not maybe doesn't appreciate the company of people. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, whatever it might be, maybe he's created that for himself. I've never been in a in a situation. Thanks be to God. I, I'm grateful every day for my vocation. I'm grateful for the people I meet. I'm grateful for the the path that God has has uh, set me on. You mentioned. There are priests that are married, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. there are. So the Catholic Church does have rights, you know, like the uh, Eastern rites, uh, the Ukrainian Catholic Church comes to mind. Yeah. Priests are married, um, can be married. Yeah, and, and even that's not that's not an uncomplicated thing. No. That it's, um, so it's not as though it's just this open door of like, okay, well, come to this rite because, you know, then all the priests can become married. No, it's, it's that they, they need to be married before they're ordained. Um, if you hold uh, certain positions or even bishops, um, if you want to be a bishop, you uh, you you can't be can't married. Be married. Um, even for you talked about Anglicans coming in, there are entire communities of Anglicans that uh, the uh, uh, ordinary out of Saint Peter that uh, um, Pope Benedict established. Even then, the the Anglican ordinariate priest that I know, it wasn't as though okay, just just yeah, come just on come and it, and no, it's no, fine. It it's like deal. no, he had to, he uh, he had to relinquish his priestly faculties for I think an, over a year, yeah. and then he was kind of reordained yeah. within. Sure. So e- even within like the the broader umbrella of the church that we rightly call Catholic, um, and even within the Roman like aspects of the Roman rite itself, yes, we do have married priests. But again, there's that takes into account that these um it's it's not uncomplicated to have these uh, two vocations simultaneously yeah Th- okay throw, throw in a little loop yeah in. yeah sure <laughs> okay. 
what would you say to people that would say, well, how do you counsel people or whatever that are like, so I'm a married man. How yeah. can you possibly understand my problems? Sure. Or a married woman. How can you possibly understand? And, and, and cause it is, it is something that I would imagine people bring to priests a lot is their personal issues and problems and everything else. What yeah. would you, what would you say? Like how, how is it that, you know, Yeah, people say that a lot, actually, yeah. people say like, how could you counsel married couples if you're not married? Yeah. How you do know? you know those problems? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, first, I, I think I think it's a little bit ridiculous to say that, right? Like um, someone who counsels people with drug addiction, they, they don't need to have had a drug addiction, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, but there's tools that we have yeah. to counsel people in certain situations. I think there are spiritual problems um, that abound in any vocation or any lifestyle or whatever that yeah. the priest is is should be at least a bit of an expert on or... A, uh, you know, a spiritual uh, help when it comes to those things and can apply that to a married relationship, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so to say that a priest can't counsel, I think, is a, yeah, yeah. Is a little bit yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, even the opposite might be the case, that yeah. like I can, I can go to any of my married friends and ask for their perspective on you know, <laughs> a, a certain marital problem, but I cannot trust them to be objective on that issue because, you know, they're, yeah. they're a little too close to the situation. So that's good. Uh, call. a yeah. priest being able to have that kind of distance from the situation is able to kind of look from an outside perspective and say, okay, and not these, are, it, the, these yeah. are maybe the deeper issues that are, that are going good. on. I was going to say, yeah. not having any of those, like if I have a really good relationship with my wife and someone wants to come ask me because they have a bad relationship, I don't have that experience. And so I don't yeah. know how, but, but like you said, having someone that's completely outside of that can now take an objective look and, and kind of say, okay, no, here, here's the real root of the problem here. You exactly. know what I mean? Which is kind of, yeah. That was a good question. Yeah, yeah I, know. I like That's that. Why I uh, that you know, um, one of our producers sent a question here and they, they said like, people in religious orders take a vow of celibacy, yeah. but priests, diocesan priests take a promise of celibacy. What's what's the difference? Ooh, and cool. as far as I understand it, you know, a vow, a vow is something that you make for your own personal sanctification, like yeah. that you work through your yourself. And a promise is something that you make sake of the kingdom of God and for the church, oh, right? And so you you still have to uphold the same, <laughs> you know, yeah, promising yeah. a vow. It's, it's similar in a way, but a vow is more directed to your own personal salvation. So would you say a seminarian took a vow and then took a vow of celibacy and mm -hmm. then as a priest you take a promise? Sure, Does you that can say that, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, and that, that actually raises another point. You know, people always ask, you know, do you have to be celibate before you go into the seminary, you know, oh, like yeah. to be a priest, you know, and, and the seminary does have requirements for people. They don't want people coming in, obviously, with an active sexual lifestyle. I mean, that's just the indication of someone not living out their Christian mm -hmm. vocation. And, and what, what the seminary does first is raise good Christian men, yeah. right? Good Christian people is what the seminary does. You have to, you have to be that first before you're sort of, you know, um, moved toward the priesthood. So someone who's sexually active, you know, is not living a good Christian life, shouldn't be admitted to a seminary, yeah. you know? So I think the rule today, one of the one of the requirements today is that someone should be uh, practicing chastity for at least two years oh, is that how long? For, yeah, yeah. before entering the seminary. The church recognizes that nothing's perfect and whatever it might be. For, for instance, but, a, ma a married priest? I, no, I'm sorry, married priest. Yeah. Sorry, a married man, his wife dies, could become a priest. Oh, yes. Yeah. So someone who, some, yeah, exactly. A married but they might person. be living out their Christian life exactly fully in their marriage and everything sure. else. Sure. Still come over. Yeah. yeah exactly. Okay. Um, yeah. So that, that's one of the things about being admitted to the to the priesthood. I want to address something you said earlier in the yeah. episode, and that is 
people people who always you know because everyone's an expert when it comes to priestly course, celibacy or, right. or or priestly priests in general yeah. right <laughs> uh, everyone's an expert no one asks their priest about it you know um but you said something about like the, the scandals in the church yeah, yeah and people say the you know the sexual abuse scandal could have been avoided if priests were married yeah. and I, I i find <laughs> i find that so insulting oh, yeah, like yeah. as if to say um you know marriage marriage would have prevented someone from committing a crime like that is you know what like what happened in the sexual abuse scandal was horrible it's a it's a it's a crime it's uh, devastating to to people it's it's horrid yeah. right and to suggest that that's because someone wasn't married also to suggest you know that that could have been to suggest that that could be prevented if someone was married. Yeah. But to suggest that that happened because of celibacy is an insult to every good priest. Yeah. And anyone there are many there are people living chaste lives everywhere in the world that yeah. aren't ordained. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like obviously and people in multiple who abuse, different religions. Exactly. Not just Catholic people who abuse children. Yeah. Like there's an illness there. There's something not right. Yeah. And to and so to to try and mishmash that up and mix it up with celibacy and our call to be chaste to serve one another, I think is, uh, like, people need to shake their head. That's what I said. There's t- it's two separate, totally separate totally things separate going things. on it's there. It's insulting, but and, anything, you know, anything to uh, to attack a priest. Of course. Well, <laughs> if you think of, I mean, and again, not to justify or anything else, but yeah. if you were to look at the rate that the scandals happen in the church, part of that is because the, the trust and uh, stuff that are put in priests that was betrayed, right? But then, but then you go to the scandal of um, teachers and coaches and all that stuff too. Those are all people that, again, did cre- committed a crime, betrayed any kind of trust or uh, what the responsibilities were and everything else. And it doesn't. They are married. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're they're married and whatever. Like it's not. These are two totally separate yeah. issues that that come yeah. in. You can't Just, ex- you can't extend that argument to exactly yeah. to yeah. to the wide population. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a, that's a low note to end on. I don't want to end there. <laughs> did uh, yeah, I, this is a great this is a great discussion on this because I, yeah. I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Now, I just before we before we end because we are coming to the end of our our time together. Uh, you know, for for young people who might be considering the priesthood and say like, oh, because today so many young people are uh, wrapped up in this idea that they have to be sexually active because that's what society calls them to, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, like all their friends at school talk about it. I mean, everyone talks about it in high school. No one's actually doing it or few, yeah. <laughs> few are actually doing it. Yeah. There's right? actually a study right now saying that there are few people, fewer people engaging in sexual, sexual activity now in, in their teenage years exactly. than there were in the 70s and 80s. You but know why I mean? is that? Well, they're saying there's because... There's reasons. Yes, they're saying because the, the addiction to pornography... And masturbation. Right, and, and masturbation. Yeah. Uh, you know, that some people get wrapped up in this world. Uh, so this, you know, when someone has a, an addiction to pornography, um, you know, you... And that has kind of shaped your brain and shaped your heart. It's hard to imagine a life without... Uh, it's hard to imagine a life of celibate chastity mm. because that's just part of your your every day. That's part of your yep. you know your psyche, if you yep. will, right? Um, I I think God is still calling people to serve uh, as celibate uh, uh, priests. I think God is calling really good young men to be priests. These are difficulties and challenges that can be overcome. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. the, these you know if God is calling us to it. God gives us the strength to to do wonderful things. So young people right now that might think I can't 
possibly be live a life of celibate chastity? You know, like when I was fifteen or sixteen, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, <laughs> when I thought that I that I could, right? Um, but I'm telling you, I just want to say that that is that is not an obstacle uh, to the priesthood. You know, people because people also say if priests could marry, yeah. we'd have more priests. I think that's, that's unfair. Again, yeah, you know, to say, I mean, and our br- Protestant brothers and sisters would not in good conscience agree with that. No, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're able to marry, and they're they're at a shortage of ministers yeah. as well. So God is calling people. Don't be afraid to answer that call. You got the, six years to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, cel- but celibate chastity is is a beautiful gift. Honestly, it's a beautiful gift to me. Um, it's it's uh, something that uh, I'm thankful for. I'm grateful for. It's freed me to be of service to people, to love people in the fullest way, to be yeah. present for yeah. them when other people can't. Yep. Right. And you know, just from my experience as a priest, you are present to people at the at all hours of the day, at all moments, intimate moments of their life. And that's really spe- something special. That's something that comes from the heart of a celibate priest, yeah. right? And G- that's, that's the ministry of Jesus. We're in, the, in persona Christi, and that's yeah. what we're living out, right? Yeah. That's what priests live out. So I'm grateful for it. If there are young people listening, you give can it do it. God, if God's calling you uh, to do it, he's also going to uh, give you the strength uh, to live it. And, and the, priest, the, the priest life is uh, really a beautiful life. You say the graces that you get from it far outweigh the fears of the few years before. <laughs> right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like the graces that you get for the years and years of practicing. And just before we go, yeah. kudos to you two. I know we were talking about priests all night, but <laughs> married married men also have <laughs> challenges yeah. and uh, and one. graces. And accompanying graces. And, yeah, yeah and, and you know, I was talking about good company that priests you you two are the example of good company that priests have, right? And you know, I remember when I moved here, you you two introduced yourselves quickly, and not just because of me. You do that to all your priests that have served you well. Uh, so you know, good for you for being good married well, people, uh, <laughs> and mostly good for your wives. You know, your wives have put up with you, <laughs> and, but wives, you're a, yeah. you're a good example to your children. Behind so every good man is a good wife. Anyone has questions about anything we talked about today? Uh, you can send us a message at the Catholic Buzz Podcast at gmail.com or you can comment right below on our Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube channel as well. So for Josh Sullivan, Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniele. We'll see you next time on the Catholic Buzz.